0: Now, the presentation of uh, the message this morning uh, is not going to be that great. You, you can, uh, they're great or preachers. I, won't, I understand that. Not many, but there are a few. <laughs> but the, the message itself, the content of what I'm going to share this morning, Uh, can revolutionize your life if you'll grab hold of it. So I want you to lock in here because this is not a sermon. This is a message from heaven that the Lord showed Amanda and I years ago when we had nothing and we knew nothing and we were on out for the count and the lord taught us this lesson and it changed our lives and our family's life forever Amen. and we still practice it today so i want you to lock in on me today lock in on the words and and you you'll hear greater preachers but i want you to Listen to the message and forget the messenger. Matthew chapter 21 verse 1. This is Palm Sunday. And this is what we're going to talk about. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say, daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a coat, the foal of a donkey, end quote. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the coat and placed their coats on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their coats on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Verse 9. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted. We just sang it. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. That's what they shouted. Thank God for His Word. Today we begin what is referred to on the Christian calendar as Holy Week. How many of have ever heard that term before? Holy Week. Alright, you'll see a lot of church signs will talk about Holy Week. A lot of things on social media will talk about Holy Week. Holy Week begins today. Holy Week commemorates the week of, last week of Jesus' earthly life. And Holy Week begins today, Palm Sunday, today, and ends seven days later when Jesus is resurrected from the dead. We refer to that day as Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday, which is next week, next Sunday. So Holy Week begins on Palm Sunday, And it ends on Easter Sunday, and it's that week, the last week of Jesus' earthly life. Now, let's go back and just look at it 2,000 years ago when it began. 2,000 years ago, like thousands of other Jewish worshipers, Jesus is going to Jerusalem to worship and celebrate the Feast of Passovers. We just read it. The Gospels record Jesus riding down the Mount of Olives. If you go with us in November to the Holy Land, we will walk down the Mount of Olives, right like Jesus rode down the Mount of Olives. We will walk down the Mount of Olives, and the Gospels record Jesus riding down the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem, the holy city, on a donkey. Now, by the time this happened, the news of Jesus had gone viral. Because just a few days earlier, this man named Jesus from, from Nazareth and spent most of his time in ministry in Galilee, this Jesus had just raised a local man by the name of Lazarus from the dead. And I don't know about you, but that's probably newsworthy. There's a lot of things on Facebook that's not newsworthy. I see people posting, pray for me, I'm I'm going to the dentist. Just go on. Why do you have to put it on Facebook? And why do I have to pray for you? I, I should pray that you'd brush your teeth instead of... That's not newsworthy. That's not... But if somebody gets raised from the dead, now, that's newsworthy. That's newsworthy. Maybe it was the guy that was raised from the dead had to go to the dinner. I don't know. I ain't got that figured out. But by the time this moment happens on Palm Sunday, it had gone viral. And news had happened that the, the man that had raised someone from the dead is coming to the city. Not only had he done that, But he had healed people. And -and so-and-so had a mother that was healed. And -and so-and-so heard him teach. And -and so-and-so saw this happen. And my friend was there. And he took a few fish and some bread. And he fed the whole crowd with it. And the news had spread, and the rumor mill had started. And all of a sudden, when Jesus starts down the Mount of Olives, suddenly the crowds begin to swell, and they begin to cheer. The Bible tells us that the crowds gathered by the roadside, they cut palm branches and waved them, and others laid them on the road. They removed their coats and laid them on the road for the donkey which he was riding upon to walk upon. Now, they didn't realize what they were doing. They did not realize that they were a fulfillment of prophecy that day. Those people had no idea that they were fulfilling prophecy. How is that, Pastor? Well, hundreds of years earlier, there was a prophet by the name of Zechariah who foresaw, who saw in the Spirit, Jesus, the Messiah, coming into Jerusalem on that day. Hundreds of years earlier, he saw it. And this is what he wrote in Zechariah chapter 9, verse number 9. He said, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout! Daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey of a coat, the foal of a donkey. Now, I don't know about you, but as I've read that over and over again and read the story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, one of the first things, what is the big deal about the donkey? I mean, I can understand about the king coming in. I can understand about the Son of God coming in. I can understand about a man who had done miracles and raised people from the dead. I can understand. But why in the world, why in the world does God take space up to talk about him riding on a donkey? And why did Jesus spend time having his disciples to go and make sure that they get the right animal, the right donkey to ride on. What is that all about? What is the significance of Jesus and the donkey? Well, in biblical times, the custom called for kings and a nobles arriving in procession to ride on the back of a donkey. The donkey, now here's what's important. The donkey was a symbol of peace. And those who rode upon them Proclaimed peaceful intentions. And the people, the Jews, wanted a political king to overthrow the Roman Empire. They wanted a warrior to come in and stamp out that evil dictator. That's what they wanted. And God sent a man bringing peace peace has always been the calling card of Jesus peace continues to bring the be the calling card of the Holy Spirit and peace should be the witness of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ peace it's always been peace it will always be peace we talk about Armageddon. We talk about the valley of Megiddo. We talk about the uh, the hundred and a million arm, two million man army from China. We we talk about all these plagues and God's going to get them one day. I want you to know God is a God of peace. Amen. And He brings peace to the earth. Do you remember His birth? Do you remember that? Do you, go back for just a second with me. Go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 verse 8. I'm going to read out of the King James verse. I can't read the birth of Jesus' story in one of these other verses. i got to read it out of the King James Version. I always go back to my Sunday school days when I was a little boy. And here's what it says. And there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. How many remember this story? How many remember this story? Raise your hand. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now look at verse 13. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. A multitude of other angels. Now notice what they were doing. Praising God and saying. Notice what they said. Verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? And on earth, what? Peace. Peace. Goodwill toward man. Do you realize when this occurred? It had been 400 years since God had spoken to planet Earth. It was called the end of the Dark Ages. Israel had not received a word from God. The people of God were living in darkness. The world had turned sinful and evil and vile. And in a day when you'd think God would come in to get them, the Bible says that God came proclaiming what? Peace. Peace. The angels declared that when Jesus came to earth, God was sending a message of peace and goodwill toward men. Do you remember what the prophet Isaiah prophesied about him? Look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah 9 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of what? Peace. During Holy Week, the week between Palm Sunday and His resurrection from the dead, He's getting ready to to undergo and receive punishment and torture and ridicule. He's getting ready to receive shame and embarrassment like no man has ever or since. And listen to what he says during that time before all that happens. Listen to what he says. John chapter 14 verse 27. He says this, peace I leave with you. He said, I'm going to get them for doing this to me. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Not, Not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Look what he said in John chapter 16. This is during that week. He knows what's getting ready to happen to him. Listen to what he says though. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have what? Peace. Peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen. The Spirit of God always walks into your situation with peace. You and I need to be people of peace. We don't need to be people caught up in the drama at our work. We don't need to be people that's caught up in the drama of our families. We don't need to be people caught up in the gossip and all of the negativity and all of that. So we need to be people of peace. Jesus brought peace, even in the most difficult, painful broken situations, when he showed up, in the dark situations, he brought peace. Well, that's the significance of the donkey. What about them palm branches? What is it, why is it called Palm Sunday and Palm Branches? What is the significance of the palm branches being laid on the ground and the people waving palm branches? Well, the laying of palm branches indicated that the king or dignitary was arriving in victory and in triumph. And as Jesus passed by, the people shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! The word Hosanna is an expression of adoration. It's an expression of joy. It's an expression of praise. So the streets were filled with people praising and cheering for Jesus. You say, what's the big deal about that? Well, listen, this is a very important moment in the life of Jesus and in a Christian's life. Do you realize that the triumphant entry of Jesus in Jerusalem, what we call Palm Sunday, is one of the few events in the life of Jesus that is written about In all four of the Gospels. They write about it in Matthew, they write about it in Mark, they write about it in Luke, they write about it in John. It's called, the theologians call it the law of repetition. And any time there is a repetition means that the truth, God is trying to instill the truth even greater. It's the law of repetition. God is trying to get us to realize that. And this event, Palm Sunday, where Jesus rides in and the people are praising Him, it's one of the few, the few events of Jesus' life that is written and repeated in all four of the Gospels. Do you realize that the Lord's Supper the Lord's Supper is only written about in three of the Gospels. The Lord's Supper, my goodness, the Lord's Supper is the, is the prima donna of, of the rituals of the church. And yet, one of, the, one of the Gospel writers didn't put it in there. God didn't see fit for him to put it in there. And the birth of Jesus is only written about in one of them. It's only written about in one of them. Yet, his arrival into Jerusalem is written in all four of the Gospels. What is so important that God wants us to see? He wants us to understand it wasn't just a big parade. It wasn't a big parade. Palm Sunday was much more than a parade. Palm Sunday was introducing to Christians, to the church, to you and I, the power of praise. Hundreds of bystanders stood by at the roadside as Jesus rode by. The nearer he came to the city, the larger the crowd got because more people were in the city. And the closer he came to the city gates, the volume began to swell. And the intensity and the cheers and the praise and the adoration and the rumors had followed him. And the stories had gone before him. And the things he had done had preceded him. And by the time he gets to the city gate... Now known as the Eastern Gate, by the way, which the Muslims have have uh, uh, built a cemetery outside the Eastern Gate because they heard that a rabbi would not come through a cemetery to defile himself. And they know the Bible predicts that when Messiah comes back, he will walk through the Eastern Gate. So they're going to try, they don't realize that an, the Bible prophesies an earthquake is going to take place when he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives and the, and the cemetery is going to disappear. See, so all this stuff has been foretold for hundreds of years, and as he gets closer to coming into the city, the praise intensifies, the volumes begin to roar, and for once, the people got it right. For once, the people got it right. They were praising the presence of God as it returned to the city. Do you realize hundreds of years earlier, the presence of God in that city was under attack. And the temple was set on fire and destroyed. 400 years prior to that Palm Sunday, 2,000 years ago, the presence of God had been run out of the city. And for four hundred years, man come up with some kind of crazy laws and rituals. You got a hair, got to be so long, and your beard's got to be so long, and you got to have this on your house, and you got to have that on you to get close to God. They come up with all these crazy rituals, trying to get close to the presence of God, and it didn't make any difference. How many laws, and how many rules, and how many regulations? Man couldn't touch the presence of God. But two thousand years ago, on this Palm Sunday, the presence of God was coming back into the city. After all. A long absence and the people were praising God for it they finally got it right they got it right now here's something you gotta remember it's a city that Jesus is coming to that's in, that is controlled by the enemy it's under Roman rule a dictator that called himself God that's who they worshipped, the a man And the presence of God is coming into that city. And the people of God are cheering. And here's what you need to understand about that. Is the presence of God is never afraid of darkness. (laughs) The presence of God is not afraid of the darkness in your family. And he's not afraid of the darkness in your life. And he's not afraid of the darkness of your addiction. And he's not afraid of the darkness of your work. He's not afraid of the darkness The presence of God is riding right into the middle of a city that is totally dark spiritually. But that's okay because He is the light of the world. And the nearer He gets, the louder the screams get. Hosanna! Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. And the louder He got, the religious leaders of that day became more indignant. And more jealous. They couldn't stand the emotion. They couldn't stand the volume and the intensity of the praise. You say, how do you know? Well, look at Matthew chapter 21. Look what it says. Verse 15. But when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did. And the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. And verse 16 says, And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? What did Jesus mean out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? Well, Jesus was quoting David From Psalm chapter 8, verse number 1. Look at Psalm chapter 8, verse number 1. David said this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who has set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. You have done what? Ordained strength. Because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy, And the avenger. Jesus called it perfect praise. David said, it's the ordained strength of God. Listen. Words of praise, adoration, and love spoken from our mouth releases the strength of God and silences the enemy in our lives And situation. Words of praise. Adoration releases, out of our mouth, releases the strength of God and silences the enemy in our lives and situations. I can't get him to shut up. These thoughts haunt me. Sleep escapes me. I'm tormented by these thoughts, by the memory. It rehearses in my mind over and over. I cannot get it to turn off. Oh, help me. How can I get it to turn off? That was me 30 years ago. I couldn't get it to turn off. Like machine gun bullets, they were firing into my mind. Every negative, impure, evil, condemning thought that a man could ever think was just in my mind uncontrollably. I couldn't get my mind to shut off. And I thought suicide. I thought running away. I thought I was going to be put in a straitjacket. And then the Lord taught me, in the midst of my chaos, in the midst of my hell, and in the midst of my personal torment, if I could start praising God, it will silence the enemy in my life. You are just a praise song away from shutting him up in your life. This is the lesson of Palm Sunday. This is the lesson. It's more than a parade. It wasn't just a moment of celebration that worked up the emotions. And then everything returned to routine. The presence of God will ride into our darkness, silencing the enemies of our life through our praise and adoration. And here's something you and I need to understand. Mm. creation, creation, the very creation. Our environment, our family, our personal, for lack of a better word, our personal cosmos, our sphere of influence, our day and everything that makes up and touches our existence desires and longs to be invaded by the presence of God. Creation law, I mean, it's, it's crying. You say, Pastor, I, I want to run from this job. I want to run. I mean, it's just chaos. It's terrible. I don't like it. I don't like the people there. I don't, I don't like the drama. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like my boss. I don't like the company. I, I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Do you realize they're crying for the presence of God? I don't like my family. I'm not going Christmas. I'm not gonna hang around them. They are just a bunch of jerks. I don't like my family. I don't like my brothers. I don't like my I don't like my brother's wife. I don't like my sister. I don't like my sister's husband. I'm getting where I don't even like. My husband, every time I go around my family, I just don't like... Listen, do you realize they are crying for the presence of God? Every Creation's crying for the presence of God. Your animals are crying for the presence of God. Your house is crying for the presence of God. You say, Pastor, have you lost your lid? Yeah, I've lost my lid. Look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 19. Look at Luke chapter 19, verse 37. When talking about this very event palm sunday when jesus came near the place where the road goes down the mount of olives the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully to praise god in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen blessed is the king who comes in the name of the lord verse 38 peace in heaven and glory in the highest verse 39 some of the pharisees in the crowd said to jesus teacher rebuke your disciples I tell you, Jesus replied, if they kept quiet, the stones will cry out. Creation is longing for the presence of God. Everything you touch is longing for the presence of God. And you bring it when you praise God. But you don't bring it when you jump in there with their criticism. And you don't bring it when you jump in there with all their gossip and all their drama. You don't bring it. They're longing for the presence of God. The darkness, the pain, the brokenness, and the hopelessness that we often live in will wilt when it encounters the presence of God. The presence of God rides into our world on our praise. On our praise. A few days later, Palm Sunday has passed. On Palm Sunday, Jesus triumphantly entered into the city. People cheering and praising him. And just three or four days later, the same crowd who cheered him now lined the streets as Jesus is escorted out of the city by Roman guards. His naked body is bruised and bloody. Instead of being proclaimed as a king in cheers, they mock him. And scream out, crucify him. That crowd believed things that were not true. And they got caught up in the crowd mentality. Oh, but pastor, I'd never do that. I'd never do that. I love Jesus too much to do that. I want you to know we do it every day. When we cease our praise because of the emotions which invade our bad days. We do it every single day. (laughs) I'm getting tired too, buddy. (laughs) Listen to this. True praise. True praise. Although it may include emotion, is an act of your will. True praise. Although it may include emotion, is an act of your will. True praise. A lot of people, if the, if the song's the one they like, they can praise Him. If they've had a good week, they can praise Him. If things are going well, they can praise Him. If they feel good in their body, they can praise Him. If they got the right parking place, they can praise Him. But true praise, although it may include emotion, true praise is an act of your will. Look at Psalm 34, verse 1. I will praise the Lord at all times. He didn't say, I feel like it. He said, I will. True praise is an act of your will. The New King James Version says it this way. I will bless the Lord at all times. I feel like blessing him at all times? No, I will. It's a decision of my will. Whether the song's one it stirs me or not, I will bless him at all times. If you don't hear anything else I say, hear this. Continually. We find ourselves in situations in which our emotions And our will collide. The power of praise is released. The moment when our will wins over our negative emotions. The power of praise is released. The moment that our will wins over our negative emotions. It was 1980, the November of 1986. Our son was born in February of 86. For the first 11 months of his life, he was at the doctor's office every month. He would have febrile seizures that would cause his Him to have seizures because his temperature would spike so rapidly. He would go from normal to 104, 105 within a matter of two or three minutes. And when that happened, he would have a seizure. And you who have had children who've had seizures know how scary that can be. And we were new parents. In a city with no relatives, and had no money. By that time, all the savings we had was gone, and our little church was doing nothing. They were doing the best they could, but they didn't. We didn't have but thirty or forty people, and they couldn't pay us enough. We didn't have insurance, and every time we had to go to the doctor, we had to pay it out of our pocket, and we were out of money. Our son had had a seizure. On Tuesday, and we called the doctor, and his temperature was rising. And we called the doctor, and they said, Well, just cool him down, cool him down, cool him down. And if you can get him cooled down, bring him in. We've done this before. Bring him in on Thursday. If he's not cooled down all the way to normal, bring him in on Thursday. Wednesday night, he was still running a low-grade temperature. And Amanda said, I'm going to take him in in the morning. And I never will forget, we didn't have any money. We had $17 to our name. $17 to our name. And the doctor's visit, every time the doctor's visit was $35. And I had $17 to my name. And I have no insurance. You said, boy, I'd like to go to a doctor for $35. Well, I showed you what kind of doctor he was. No, back then, that's what it cost. So I told Amanda, I said, I don't know. We got to take him, but I'll have to call daddy and ask him to send me some money. And I didn't want to call my daddy because my daddy had told me years earlier, don't you ever go into ministry. If you go into ministry, you'll end up poor just like your granddaddy. Churches don't pay any money and you'll end up poor begging just like your granddaddy ended up poor and begging. I'll never bless you. I'll never help you if you go into ministry. And I'd remember that and never ask him for a penny. And I'd work three jobs and Amanda was working two jobs and we were just out. And I said, I'll have to call daddy. And I didn't want to call daddy. On Thursday morning at five o'clock, Five o'clock, I woke up. I said, I don't know what to do. I'm going to call the church. So at five o'clock, I went to the church, and in that little old sanctuary, I got down, and I started crying. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. You told me to come here. I've come here. I ain't got no money, and my kid's sick, and you've messed up. I know I didn't mess up. You've messed up, and you know, my daddy don't love me. He ain't going to give me no money. He's going to make fun of me, and You know, I was just boo-hoo and boo-hoo and boo-hoo and boo-hoo and woe is me. I mean, I was miserable. I I was heartbroken. And all of a sudden, just somewhere out of the inside, I heard these words. I didn't see a vision. I didn't have an angelic visitation. I didn't read no scripture. I just heard these words. Praise me. Praise me. And at first it just kind of floated up to my mind and I just uh, didn't even think nothing about it. I just kept on with my booing. Oh, we're going to die. My son's going to die. My pretty blonde wife's going to find somebody else. And, 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 and you know, I mean, and I heard these words again, praise me, praise me. And with everything that was in me, all of a sudden I stopped my crying And I just let it kind of whisper, I praise you. I didn't have nothing to praise him about. I didn't feel like praising him. But when everything was in me, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. And the more I praised him, all of a sudden the louder it got. I praise you. Oh, I praise you. I praise you that you've never left me before and you're not going to leave me now. I praise you that you've got us through every doctor's visit and you're going to get us through now. I praise you. And after about five minutes that way, my volume got louder. And next thing I knew, I wasn't laying down. I was on my knees. And I had my hands up in that sanctuary all by myself. And I just started praising him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to meet our needs. I don't know how you're going to meet our needs. I just know you're going to meet our needs. I praise you. And then after a few more moments, I was on my feet. I praise you. I praise you. And then before you knew it, I was running around the sanctuary, waving my hands. And all by myself, I'm glad nobody saw me, all by myself. Just praising the Lord. And after about 15 or 20 minutes of that, I just sat down. And you know my situation hadn't changed. I went back home. By this time Amanda was up. Was going to be there at 8 o'clock. Getting a little Tyler Ready. We took him in. Doctor said, yeah, it's the same thing. Gave him that pink medicine. Anybody know what that pink medicine is? Gave him more of that pink medicine. Wrote it out and said, see the cashier. $35. We got 17 to our name. I looked at Amanda. I said, well, I'm going to write a bad check. But we'll go down and see if Dad or Mama give us the money. We'll drive to Columbia and see if they'll give us the money. And I'll come back and put it in the bank. I didn't know what we was going to do. And I remember walking down the hallway while she got Tyler's clothes on him. Walking down the hallway saying, Lord, I prayed. And I praised. And I got up to the counter. True I got up to the counter, handed. She said, that'll be $35. I got 17 in my checkbook. I started to write it. $35. I'm 18 in the hole. And she said, as I was writing my check, Mr. Turner, hold on a second. I looked up. And she, I said, yes, ma'am. Thinking it might be more. And she said, I think somebody, hold on. I said, okay. She walked over to her desk, went through some papers, and all of a sudden pulled out a check. And she said, you know, two or three weeks ago, a man came in and told, gave us this check and said, if you ever show up and you don't have money to pay for your kid, Here's50 dollars for his next bill. You talking about Hallelujah. God came through. You say, well, what'd you do with that17 dollars? Glory to God. You know what we did? We went down to Dairy Queen, didn't we? We went down to Dairy Queen and got us an ice cream cone. We know how to celebrate with the glory. Honest truth. That moment taught us the power of praise. And every since that day, when we get ourselves in a mess and there's no way out, we praise God. Because praise is the ordained strength of God that silences the enemy. <laughs> One more story. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles. Jehoshaphat is the king. <laughs> Jehoshaphat is the king of Israel. He's got him a pretty good army, but there's three other armies now that are getting ready to attack him. And he realizes he's outmanned and he's outgunned. And he goes to pray in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power. This is what he said. We have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. How many of you have ever been in situations where you didn't have the ability, nor you had the information on how to get out of the mess you were in? But our eyes are upon you. So he prays. Verse 17, God answers his prayer. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. A couple of verses later, verse 20. Verse 20 says this. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall establish and believe His prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army... And we're saying, praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. I want to tell you something. You always send the music team and the youth pastor out ahead of you. And if anybody gets shot, let it be them. Glory to God. God God said, praise me and I'll silence your enemies. And they sent out the praisers and the worshipers ahead of the army. And notice verse 22. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, the three armies, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated. (laughs) I'm telling you, you are one praise chorus away from shutting up your devil that's harassing your life. Just one praise course away. Stand with me, would you?